you'll you'll probably start seeing my face all over the place when you're online. <laughs> <laughs> all the screenshots and shit. <laughs> Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, my name is Josh Berg, I'm your host today, and this is the Blip Podcast, where we help agents build successful agencies. Pretty excited today, I've got my friend Cameron Brown on. He's joining me from Insurance Brokers of America. Cameron's right here in Arizona with me, not too far. And uh, yeah, we're gonna get into it now. Thanks for joining me, Cameron. Hey, thanks Josh, and it's Insurance yeah. Brokers of Arizona. Did I say America you again? <laughs> For uh, everyone out there of Arizona. All right. So Insurance Brokers of Arizona, Cameron's got kind of a, a unique, um, I guess it's a niche. Would you call it a niche? It's a, a pretty large center of influence. So yeah. 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 So Cameron has a, a, a pretty large group of referrers and those referrers are captive agents. Um, and so there's a lot of us who own agencies that have some of those. Cameron has quite a few. So um, I wanted to have him on and just talk with him about how'd you get here? What, you know, what do you do? What does this look like? All, all the ins and outs of it. So hopefully it'll be helpful for everyone. So for starters, Cameron, why don't you just give us a, a brief overview of kind of how you got into insurance? Okay, sure. Um, it's kind of a funny story because growing up, my dad was always a regional salesman. Um, he always hopped around job to job. He always started out at zero with commissions every month, you know, it's his oh, type yeah. of job. He'd build up a region and then they'd get rid of him because they could find somebody cheaper to come in. So as a kid growing up, you see that and, um, you know, you become aware of what's going on financially with the uh, time of the month it is too. Yeah, so, yeah. I just, I didn't want to be like my dad. I wanted to have something more stable. So I actually went to school for engineering okay. and I'm like, that's a pretty stable job until nine 11 hit and I lost my engineering job and they sent the engineering department overseas. Yeah. Wow. So at that point I called up my old man and I'm like, Hey dad, I'm ready. And <laughs> Show like, me the ropes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I just told him, I go, I don't want to do it the way you've done it. So I want to do it the smart way. Yeah. And he goes, Cameron, go into insurance. He goes, he explained to me the renewals and all that. So I went and got licensed and pounded a yellow page book um, back when he still had yellow pages and started calling agencies, asking if they're hiring. Uh, before the end of the day, I had an interview scheduled for the next day. Um, went to the interview and that evening I had the job offer and then I started the following Monday. Nice. So you so, were working for another independent agent? It was a captive agency. It was a captive. Okay. Yeah. Cause at the time I didn't know much about the independent side. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna, I've got a three year plan. I'm going to go work for a couple of the big dogs. Yep. And then, uh, open up my own shop in three years. Sweet. So, so uh, when you did eventually open up your own shop was, is this, is in, is the uh, insurance brokers of Arizona, is this the first um, agency you've owned? Yes. Cool. How yep. long have you owned it? I, um, I worked for three years in the captive side as an employee for uh, three different agencies. And then I went independent in 2005. So nice. we're over 14 years into it now. Nice. You're seasoned, man. You're yeah. a vet. I don't know. Some days I wonder. <laughs> so right now, um, 
you know, like we talked about earlier, your, your um, uh, sphere of people that send you business are captives. How many would you say right now estimate are sending you uh, clients? Right now, we have a total of 92 of them that are on our referral list in our sources and everything for our AMS. Okay. Um, out of those, 60 of them or, or so are probably regular referrals that send one here or there throughout the year. And then okay. we probably got about 30 of them that are actually regular um, every month, multiple wow. referrals. Nice. Man, that's a lot, man. That is a lot. That's, I bet that's a lot to manage. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. So okay. how do you, okay. D, let me, is this something that just came about or is this something that you were intentional about? It um, kind of, the opportunity landed in my lap and I just kind of went with it. Uh, okay. Those three years that I worked for the uh, captive side for those agencies, two of those, the agents that I worked for when I went independent, I still had a relationship with. Okay. So they're like, yeah, we'll float you one here or there to kind of help you out. Um, so, you know, I had those two that started out back in 05 with me and, you know, I was supplementing that with internet leads back then. Yep. By the time 2007 hit, two years into it, I had already grown that network to where I didn't need the internet leads anymore. And so, so how do you start that process of building a relationship like with a newer agent? So you had about two how did you get to your first five or 10? Sure. It's, um, I, I never solicited, um, per se, like, you know, cold calling them, just cold walking in or, uh, sending them letters or mailers or anything. Okay. They get that all the time. Right. Um, my network shows me what they receive all the time, or they'll tell me about a call or something like that. I see what agents are trying to do. It's not going to work that way. Yeah. Somehow you need to befriend one and get close to one, whether it's through a networking group or a chamber, or honestly, just pick up the phone, call the captive agent down the street and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm so-and-so down the street. I'd like to get together with lunch for you just to pick your brain and, you know, see what you, how you guys are doing. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, that agent's going to be open to it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then from there, just uh, start asking about them, find out more about their business and them personally, and just kind of grow that relationship. And naturally, if they like you, they're going to end up starting to refer you business. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you get one or two like that, and then you can kind of grow it or scale it the way I did. Um, okay. What so I how, did. Yeah. Go for it. Please. please. Yeah. What, what I did was... Um, Baseball was big back here because the Diamondbacks, you know, started in what, 98. So it was pretty new yeah. baseball team. Okay. And so I ended up getting a, a table at TGI Friday's front row, which is out in the uh, left field bleachers. Yeah. You know, yep. the restaurant, you just get one of their patio tables there. So the first year, like 06, I got a tabletop. It was, uh, it was five seats. So it was me plus the two that I knew. And then I'm like, hey, bring two of your uh, captive buddies. You know, nice. so there was the five of us and watching the game and it's, you know, beer or drinks and food on me. And that was in 06 and in 07, I think I had two or three of those tables. And then in 08, I ended up moving out to one of the suites that were kind of out by the foul poles and everything. Yeah. And we just slowly progressed to larger suites, more expensive suites. And the last year that I did it, we were uh, in the owner's suite behind home plate. 
That's what Dang. we do. So, you know, every year it just grew. I just kept saying, you know, hey, bring, bring some of your captive friends that I don't know. And it just got to be an event that everybody enjoyed and just really loved. And, yeah. you know, you tout it that you, you know, it's a thank you for all of you guys. Plus, you get to network with uh, other captives like yourself. Yeah. You know, plus and so, free, free booze and free drinks. And heck yeah. <laughs> Insurance agents very rarely turn down free booze. Right, right, right. <laughs> so um, uh, it sounded like when you were talking about that, that you'd no longer do that. I, I do not because it actually got to be so large and honestly, it was so successful. It became a negative because it was so fun. Everybody all of a sudden wanted to start bringing their spouses, bringing their friends, bringing, yeah. you know, everybody. So it just ended up being this huge party that everybody was just wanting to invite everybody they knew to. So mm -hmm. I ended up cutting that out. Um, shoot, probably 2012 or 13 or something like that. Yeah. You know, right around mm -hmm. there. And the last one we had, we probably had 60 people at, you know, in a suite. <laughs> what did that cost you? Um, it started out, obviously the TGI Fridays front row, that first, sure. each table is like, I, I can't remember exactly, but it was like 400 bucks. And then half of that went towards your uh, tab, you know, yeah, for each yeah. table. And then the suites start out at like $3,000 plus your food and beverage, um, which you can easily just double that amount, you know, for the food and beverage cost. Yeah. I think the last year that I did it, it cost me about right around 10 or 12 grand. But that was for and is that, And that's per game? Yeah. I just do it once a year. One game. Once, once a year. year. Yep. Okay. Okay. One game once a year. Mm -hmm. Nice. Wow. So, so basically you're doing that and you're saying, Hey, bring some of your, your, uh, captive buddies that, you know, I don't know and whatever. And like, bring them here and let's all hang out, whatever. So that's kind of oh, yeah. how you started growing it. Yep. That's how I started growing it. Plus that network is a very small, yep. cohesive group. As many of us know, cause a lot of us have come from that network. Um, one person is doing something or referring to somebody, they know about it because they're in meetings all the time with each other. They're asking each other what's working. They call each other. Hey, where are you sending this kind of stuff to? So right. it naturally grew just by word of mouth and those events. Yep. Nice. And so what, what do you, I guess, when you're talking with a newer um, referral source mm -hmm. from like the captive world, what are you asking for? All I do is I tell them what we can bring to the table. We've got, you know, 40 carriers. We can do basically whatever you can't do. Mm -hmm. We will make you look really good so you can keep the other business. We will never cross sell. Okay. And you will always know where that client's at if you ever wanted to bring it back at a renewal. Nice. Which got it. We independents know that nine times out of ten it's going to be really difficult for them to bring it back. Right. You know, Unless price. the client wants to pay more. Yeah, exactly. On price, at least, you know, they yeah. might go back for the loyalty to the brand, but on yeah. price, it's going to be tough. And so what do you do when one of those clients that, that has been referred to you says, Hey, my auto renewal is coming up. I've got my home with you. Can you quote it for me? Yep. Um, I've never done it. You know, it's you a tough no conversation plan. to have. It's a tough conversation to have. First off, I'll say, you know, first, we're, you know, you came to us, you know, from agent XYZ. Do you still have your other policies there? And 
they'll be like, yeah, yeah, it's there. Obviously, if it's not there, great, go at it, you know. But um, yeah, you know, if it is there, I'm like, hey, look, that's a great agency. They've got a great policy. You know, you're better off to stay with, stay there. And then if yeah. they keep coming at it, then I'll be like, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I go, I've got a business relationship with them, and that the fact is. I promise them that I will not take other business away from them. Mm -hmm. That's the way I choose to do my business. And I have to stand by that. Yep. Most times the clients like, okay, I understand, you know, I get it. Every once in a while you get some guy that just, no, it's my choice, you know, where I go. And I'm like, you're right. It is. And it's also my choice of who we write, you know, right? Right. Right. you know, occasionally it can get pretty hairy, but um, most of the time people understand it and they applaud your uh, ethics and morals and all that. So. Yeah. So, so your promise to these captives is like, look, happy to take whatever you send us and promise you we will not touch any of the other business that client might have with you. What, if, what if they have, um, like what if you are referred to home and the client has auto, but not with that captive agent that sent it to you. Fair game. Yep. Fair, Fair game. game. Yep. Cool. Yep. Because um, a lot of times they'll uh, get a call in, you know, on a lead or something, and they just can't help them or they're not competitive or whatever reason. Right. So forward them to us, you know, say, yeah. hey, call this guy because he might be able to help you. I know I can't. And, right. you know, it's fair game. So. For sure. And that's such a, so much of a nicer uh, rejection from the captive instead of saying, eh, we can't help you. Like, right. Hey, we can't help you, but try these people. They're awesome. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so when I think about that kind of business, um, the, the type of business that I would expect you'd be getting, I would think that it would be, you know, claims riddled and short term, uh, policies, you know, that sort of thing. What's your experience with it? You're right. You do get a lot of that. Okay. Um, our agency as a whole, as far as the um, cancellations and all of that um, retention issues, 90 something percent of our non-standard business that we've written is mm-hmm. on paid in full or EFT. Okay. That's the only way we do it. And if they're coming from those large name captive agencies, they're used to that kind of stuff too, because they right, really right. pound for that. So you don't have to worry about the monthly cash payments or anything like that so much. So, you know, the non-standard business that we do write, some of the claims written stuff, um, the DUIs, what have you, you know, it, it does go on there, but it sticks on the books because we can pay in full or EFT. Yeah. Um, that is part of the reason too, why we have so many carriers though, because I had to have enough specialty carriers or non-standard carriers to be able to place pretty much anything that comes our way. Yep. Last thing I want to do is, oh, I don't have a place for that. And then they go find another independent broker mm-hmm. or something. So most people think, uh, at least I should say, I think when, when you talk about that sort of relationship with a captive that you were talking um, strictly auto home, do you also get business referrals? Oh, we get a ton of business. And a lot of the um, personalized business that they send, a lot of it's not necessarily non standard. I mean, some of these captives, their underwriting is so strict. Yeah, still fit a lot of it in our preferred markets. Yeah, so it ends up being really good business for us. But what I really like is they're extremely strict on the commercial side. So we have gotten some nice accounts, you know, on the commercial side regularly. Nice. Those are easy for us. It's difficult for them. It's just not in their wheelhouse. Do you um, 
do you ever kick anything back? Like do you split commissions or give any sort of spiff or anything like to the agent or their staff or anything like that? I have never done any of that. It was okay. a um, pretty firm stance that I decided to take early on. Um, for one, I didn't want the headache of the accounting. Oh, dude, but yeah. For two, there's not enough to go around for us. I didn't want to deal with chargebacks. Okay, I gave them a commission. I got charged back. But yeah. the way I spin it to them is, you know what I bring to the table. I do not want you to lose your captive contract if I send you a spiff or something like that because the captive contracts don't allow for it. Mm. You know, so if they get caught or Big Brother caught wind of it, they could lose that contract in a heartbeat. Yeah, it's not worth it for them. Um, I have lost a couple of referral sources because I wouldn't give them a big kickback. You know, yeah. they thought they had a large uh, account in their pocket that uh, they couldn't write, but you know, they thought they said to. But you know, so I've lost a couple of them over it, but. I think yeah. we're doing okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, do you, what's your or do you have a process or some sort of routine that you try to follow with each agent that's actively sending you referrals? Like, do you stop by their office? Do you take them out to lunch? Do you get them together still in any sort of capacity? Yeah, we. Um, I always early on. I was going out every quarter. Just, just shake hands, meet with them, let them know what we have been doing lately, meeting their staff, letting everybody get to know me. You know, I'd bring in the huge, the donuts or coffee or bagels yeah. or, you know, and then every time I'd go out, um, if I was out for a day, I'd always choose one agency that was going to be, I was going to be around their area around lunchtime and I'd always bring in lunch for that whole team. Oh, you nice. know, so I would do that. Or if we'd get a couple of really good accounts, I would just call out an agency be like, Hey, look, you know, how about I stop by with lunch one day? Um, for most part, that was pretty much it. You know, I would just do that quarterly. And then after a few years, I would change it to every six months. And then it became annually because I didn't need to be going in anymore. They didn't want me in there. They knew where I was. They trusted us. The relationship yeah. was already built, you know? We all have the reps that try to stop by every month. Right. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Right. I don't want to, don't check the box. Don't use me to check your box. Use yeah, them. right? Yeah. Right. So, so that's where it's at. And um, I rarely go out to see any of them anymore. Um, they yeah. just, our relationship and, um, you know, just, yeah, they, they know where we're at. They know what we do. Yeah. So. Do you, um, have you ever run into the, uh, captive agents getting any sort of, um, gosh, I, I want to use the term guff because I can't think of a better term, but it's such a lame word. Do you, uh, do you ever, are, have the captives ever got any sort of guff from their, you know, carrier yeah, their headquarter yeah. and sending you stuff? Yeah, they, um, there's been a couple of them where, you know, big brother, he watches everything they do. Those captives yep. are under a microscope, um, under Big Brother's thumb. So there was a couple of agents that got their hands slapped, but it was for referring out other types of businesses like body shops or mechanics, stuff like that. And then it caused Big Brother to really dive into everything that they had. And our agency's name came up with a few of them. Got it. Um, they got their hands slapped and were told not to be doing it. So 
whenever Big Brother does that, um, we see a different way that we're receiving the leads. You know, we'll get, either it'll be faxed to us or yeah. it'll be a text, you know, to my cell phone. Got it, you know, got it. Or it'll be from their personal cell phone to mine or their personal email to my, you know, something like that. Um, so that's not on the company's information. Yeah. So, so even though they might get their hands slapped, they're still valuing that relationship enough that they're continuing to send the business because them sending it to you is still not outside of their contract. It's just, yeah. Their yeah. I mean, absolutely. It's a value to them because they're able to keep a lot more business if they've got the partner like us, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, if they just send the customer out, Oh yeah. You know, they're going to lose every line of business every time. Yeah. Yeah. So, for sure. I mean, it's definitely a value for them and beneficial. Yeah. So where do you like, do you have goals um, surrounding the partnerships you have? Are you trying to get every captive in the state? Are you trying to get to a certain amount? Are you trying to get a certain amount of referrals? Like any goals surrounding this sort of? No, no, n- never really goals with that. It's funny because I have goals with every other aspect of my business, you know, yeah. but um, with them, there was one point where we had 25% of a certain network's captive agents. You know, we had 25% in the state, which was pretty big. That's nice, man. Yeah. Anything you wish you would have done differently from the process you've gone through to starting to where you are today? Like, yeah, if anybody's starting this, I would say to never, ever get into the habit of, not being able to talk to the client or the prospect. There oh, are some captives that want to keep that client and contact information so close. They'll send you the information to quote it. They want the quote back. They want to present it and they'll tell you to bind it. It's yeah. just, there was a couple agencies early on that I got into that with, you know, just so we could write the business and it yeah. just became a nightmare down the road. And it yeah. just, I mean, it just set us up to have some very, uncomfortable calls with that uh, agency, you know, Yeah. put the kibosh on that. Have you ever, uh, I would think that in doing that, there's gotta be some issue with the carriers too, that you're putting the client with. I mean, if you're not technically the one presenting and. Oh, I'm sure. Um, oh, it's a, you know, nightmare yeah. all over. Everyone, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you know I, I was young doing it and um, you know, you do what you gotta do to put food on the table when you're starting out and uh, it just kind of snowballed. And then there was a point where I just ha- had to draw the line in the sand. No, we can't do that anymore. That's you know, awesome. So, you know, we lost a couple of agencies over that because they just wanted to hold it close. But yeah, you know, you got to figure out what path you want and what your stance is going to be and just stick with it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it seems like with that, that definitely seems like a good way to process it. Um, especially because like those sort of agents, like they're not valuing that relationship enough. They're not trusting you enough to, right. to really do the right thing, what you said you're going to do. And so it's yep. like how, how good and how long is that relationship going to go anyway? Exactly. Yep. Um, any advice you'd give to a, a new independent agent that's wanting to go that route aside from, you know, making sure what we just talked about that, like sure. you're actually the one talking to the client and processing that stuff. Yeah. I would say you've got to make sure that your entire team is on board with those relationships and that you make it crystal clear that there's going to be consequences if they try to cross sell or they try to do this or that. Um, It was part of my interview and hiring process with every team member that I've ever brought on board, um, telling them about it and saying flat out, 
no questions. If you cross sell, accidental or not, that was your job. Done. Yeah. You yep. know. Um, so there's been two instances where they kind of crossed the line. They didn't cross sell, but they crossed the line. You know, where I've had to walk employees out for that. Man, that's um, got to be hard, right? Dude, it's tough. You get a call from a, you know, one of your big referral sources, and they tell you how a conversation went or something, or they forward you an email that a prospect sent them. You know, I mean, it just kind of puts you in a bad spot. <laughs> yeah. How but much more does that solidify that relationship it, with you and it, that and that whole group, though? I mean, absolutely. we're spread, and it's like they're serious about this. Yep, absolutely. It did for sure. Um, there was one, for instance, that called me, told me about a phone conversation with one of my team members. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And they're like, no. No, I, was, I go, give me 10 minutes, I'll call you back. They're like, yeah. okay. Called the team member in my office, and they already knew. They knew what oh, they did. Dude. And yeah. they basically walked themselves out. So I called the um, referral source back, and I'm like, hey, it's done, taken care of. And I'm like, what happened? I'm like, they're no longer here anymore. Yeah. You know, and they were flabbergasted. You know, yeah. I'm like, no. I go, I value you guys and the whole network. I go, they know coming on board what's going to happen. So it definitely yeah. solidifies it every single time. And we see an influx of new sources right after yeah. that happens because they start, yeah. you know? Yeah. Nice. Um, that's great, man. Hey, uh, if people have more questions, how can they find you? How can they reach out to you? Yeah, reach out to me. Um, you guys can email me at Cameron at IBOAZ.com or uh, message me on Facebook or uh, even give me a shout. You know, I'm available. That's, I'll help anybody however I can. It's not Cameron at, at IBOUSA. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I think this is great info. I know there's a lot of agents who do this on a small level. We have some agents that send us business like this, um, but I know that scaling this way would be great for a lot of people. So it's yeah, solid. Thank you. Perfect. No, Cameron, for me. Cameron Brown with the uh, insurance brokers of Arizona. Thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, Josh. Have a good one, man.